This is the Sterling Vineyard Sundays podcast. We are a church passionate about encountering Jesus and sharing his love with our city. To find out more about who we are, visit our website at sterlingvineyard.co.uk. hard to, when you have moments like that you kind of just want to keep going and you know my prayer this morning is that God will really continue what he started and you know I feel so excited today to be able to share with you the the new series that we're going to be looking at over the course of the next term which is entitled come holy spirit and really my heart as I've prayed over this next season is that we would create space and expectancy and hunger to see the holy spirit come even more in our church Yeah, that's great. You know, I feel so passionate about seeing a church that is filled with the power and the presence of God. And I know as a leadership team, we share that passion. And something that's continued to strike me over uh, since I became a Christian is what seems to be this disparity at times between the power of the early church and maybe what feels like sometimes the lack of power in the church of today. But, but you know, there's something changing. There's something being stirred. As I look at the church, there's hunger that's being stirred in people. I see an increasing desire for God, a desire to see him move. I see faith being, being fueled and that we're beginning to believe that God wants to do it again, to do the things that he did before. You know, I see even first fruits that we're seeing answers to prayer. You know, testimonies of healing, of sinus conditions being healed, headaches, earaches, limb pain as we're praying for people. Healing is happening. You know, I've heard stories of God's provision and God's protection. And I'm celebrating every single one of these stories. But I'm still hungry for more. And I know lots of us here are too. As I look at the worldwide church, I see um, churches that are experiencing and encountering outpourings of the Spirit. And my prayer and my question to God is, would you do it here? God, would you move like that here in the church in Stirling? God, would you move like that here in the church in Scotland, on earth as it is in heaven? And I've realized that as I'm beginning to bring uh, fresh faith, fresh focus, fresh prayer to this desire, that as much as I'm passionate about the Holy Spirit, I feel like my understanding of him is quite limited. I don't know if anyone else feels like that here today. And, you know, I was thinking how over the years I've heard lots of teaching on God the Father and on Jesus, but maybe proportionately a little bit less on the person, the character and the nature of the Holy Spirit. You know, it's impossible for us to live full and fruitful Christian lives without the Holy Spirit. And I just felt it was right over this next term to take some time just to focus and study and take a bit of a deep dive um, to create space and um, to study scripture together, to study the character and the nature and the person of the Holy Spirit. So over the course of this series, the plan is that we're going to teach about the Holy Spirit, but my heart is that we would also take time in our gathered meetings as, as service leaders and as preachers to, to welcome the Holy Spirit. And I was so blessed this morning that he's already turned up. You know, I think that the Holy Spirit wants to speak to us more than sometimes we want to hear from him, um, but we want to make space in this next season to hear from the Holy Spirit. So does that sound okay? That's kind of where we're heading this term, so... Great. Okay, so this morning I'm going to kick off our series by just asking this really simple question. Who is the Holy Spirit? 
I wonder if there are any Star Wars fans here today. Obviously quite a while since Star Wars came out. We've got a few nods up the back. And I wouldn't say I'm a fanatical Star Wars fan, but I've certainly enjoyed the movies, uh, enjoyed watching them. And, you know, I was thinking about my understanding of the Holy Spirit as I became a new believer. And I think often I, I think of the Holy Spirit a little bit like the force in Star Wars, right? Um, so you'll be familiar with the phrase, may the force be with you if you're a Star Wars fan. You know, Luke in Star Wars, he's encouraged to use the force. And, and it's kind of portrayed is this mystical, magical force. It's a thing. It's an it. Um, and it appears that people don't really understand it very well unless you're maybe one of the Jedi who's devoted years of their lives to, to studying and understanding the force. But actually, the truth is the Holy Spirit is not an it. You know, the Holy Spirit is not a thing. But actually, when we ask ourselves the question, who is the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is a person. And so that's the first thing. And I just want to, I kind of want to make a bit of a biblical case for each of these points. We're going to be looking at a lot of scripture just as we kind of introduce the concept of the Holy Spirit. So the first scripture I want to look at is how Jesus talks about the Holy Spirit as a person. And so that's in John 14, 15 to 17. If you love me, keep my command. So he's speaking to his disciples. He's promising them the gift of the Holy Spirit. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you. So a helper to be with you forever. The spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because he neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you, and will be in you. So see how Jesus talks about the Holy Spirit as a person. He uses the word him, him. He talks about a helper. All of these personal pronouns that Jesus uses to describe the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 13, verse 2, it says that while they were worshipping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. So here we see the Holy Spirit speaking. He says to set apart for me, and he says I, again using these personal words, speaking into the atmosphere of worship. You know, just as an aside, I think that's such a significant point. It's as they worshipped that the Holy Spirit was able to speak. It's in an atmosphere of worship that we welcome the Holy Spirit to come and speak to our hearts and in our lives. Ephesians 4.30 talks about grieving the Holy Spirit. You know, we can grieve the Holy Spirit because he is a person. It also talks in the same verse, it uses the word, whom, with you were whom, with whom you were sealed. Um, again, the word whom, another personal pronoun. So just highlight, I mean, you could go through so much of scripture and point out uh, the, the areas where the Holy Spirit is described as a person. So the Holy Spirit is not an it, he's a person. Secondly, who is the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is God. Perhaps this is the one we're a little bit more comfortable with. You know, we see in Scripture he's presented as the third part of the Trinity, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That's how Jesus talks about in the, in the Great Commission. He talks about in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And what he's doing there is communicating that the Holy Spirit is equal in personhood, but also in deity with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. As we look through the Bible, we take a step back and there's lots of verses that we can put together to show us the divinity of the Holy Spirit. Um, I've put together a wee table 
here um, just with some verses. You know, if you'd really like to go deeper in some of these, you might want to take a photo of that or just jot down the verses and you can go and look them up for yourself. Um, but this is a table of all the characteristics used to describe the Holy Spirit that can only be used of God. The first is we see that he was present right in the beginning. You know, our first introduction to the Holy Spirit was right in Genesis chapter 1, verse 2, where it talks about how darkness was over the surface of the deep, but the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. The Spirit of God, the potential, the power of God there right at the beginning. In Hebrews 9, 14, it describes the Spirit as eternal. No one is eternal except for God himself. In Psalm 139, it talks about the Spirit being omnipresent. So in verses 7 to 10, where can I go from your Spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? The Holy Spirit is omnipresent. He is everywhere. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, it talks about how the Spirit is all-knowing. Omniscient is the word used. These are the things God has revealed to us by his Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who knows a person's thought except their own spirit within them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. The Spirit is all-knowing. The Spirit is all-powerful, omnipotent. Luke chapter 1, verse 35, it the angel is speaking to Mary and says, The Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. The Holy Spirit is the power of God. And lastly, in that table there, the Holy Spirit is, of course, holy. Holy. In Romans 1, verse 4, And who thought the Spirit of holiness was appointed, the Son of God in power, by his resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord. I know I'm kind of racing through. This is a bit of an introduction. There's lots of information here. Um, but just these are all scriptures that just show the nature of the Holy Spirit as God. We can't enter the kingdom of God apart from the Spirit of God. In John 3 verse 5, Jesus says, Very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of the water and the Spirit. And my last example is a, a more sobering one from the book of Acts where um, Ananias and Sapphira have come to, to Peter uh, and obviously they've brought the, the offering from their field and they've lied to, to the Spirit in verse 3. Ananias, how is it that Satan has filled your heart that you have lied to the Holy Spirit and have kept for yourself some of the money? And he goes on later in verse 4 to say, you have not lied just to human beings but to God. You know, Peter is clearly showing us that the Holy Spirit is God in this very sobering account from the New Testament. And so we can see he is God. He is a person, but he is God. And he needs to be treated with absolute respect and reverence. Thirdly, as we ask the question, who is the Holy Spirit? He's a person, he is God. And thirdly, he is awesome. <laughs> the Holy Spirit is awesome. Awesome in the sense of the word to cause or induce awe, uh, inspiring and overwhelming feeling of reverence, admiration, or fear. You know, I thought that was the most accurate definition that I could see of the word awesome. You know, the awesome is a word, isn't it, that we often use in our culture quite flippantly and quite regularly. But the Holy Spirit is awesome in the truest sense of the word. He is powerful. 
When we experience the Holy Spirit, often we are left with a sense of awe when we've encountered the power of God. And, you know, as I was thinking about this, I was reminded of one of the first times that I had a real powerful encounter with the Holy Spirit. I was at university. I know I've spoken about this before, but I had just been praying for the gift of tongues. It was about one in the morning. And all of a sudden, I just felt the heat of and, and the presence of the Holy Spirit just come on my body. And I just started shaking. And, you know, I'd been praying for a season about the gift of tongues, but then all of a sudden it happened that night. And and I remember for the next few days just being in absolute awe at the power of God. I'd never had an experience like it. And, you know, it was really unhelpful because I had an exam three days from that time. And I remember just sitting in the library just being like, wow, like God is incredible. You know, when we really encounter the power of God, we're left with a sense of awe um, of him. I'm sure lots of us have experiences and stories that we could share along similar lines. He, the Holy Spirit, is awesome. He's powerful. And when we look at the life of Jesus, we also see how he was completely dependent on the work of the Holy Spirit. You know, we first of all see how it was the Holy Spirit that brought about the incarnation of Jesus. So we, we read that already in Luke chapter 1, how the Spirit came on Mary um, and overshadowed her. And, and it was the power of the Holy Spirit that caused the incarnation of Jesus. Later on, as he grows up, we see that it was the Spirit that anoints Jesus for ministry. You know, in Matthew 3.16, when Jesus was baptized, as he comes out of the water, at that moment, the heaven was opened and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove on him. The Spirit anoints Jesus for ministry. As we move further on in the story in the book of Luke, we see how it's the Spirit that leads and empowers Jesus' earthly ministry. It was the Spirit that led Jesus into the wilderness um, to, for that season of temptation. And then it talks about in Luke 4, as he returns from the wilderness, he returned in the power of the Spirit. And it was from that moment that he began a powerful signs and wonders ministry. He also later on describes how the Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news. So the Spirit completely empowered and equipped Jesus in his earthly ministry. The Spirit, of course, also raises Jesus from the dead. Romans 8, 11. And if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of the Spirit who lives in you. It was the Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. And as a result of that, it's through the Spirit that we can experience forgiveness and atonement. You know, if Jesus in his humanity needed uh, to live a life dependent on the Holy Spirit, how much more do we? Scottish theologian Dr. Sinclair Ferguson said this, that the best way to think about the Holy Spirit is to think of him as the closest companion of the Lord Jesus. Next slide. Yeah. You know, I love that. The best way to think about the Holy Spirit is to think of him as the closest companion of the Lord Jesus. Yeah, I find this so challenging. Who is your closest companion? Who is my closest companion? Is it our spouse, a friend, a family member? You know, the Holy Spirit is the one who lives in us. The Holy Spirit should be our closest companion. And I think there's such challenge in that. The, the Holy Spirit lives in us to change us and to transform us and to lead us and to guide us and to equip us, it, basically to grow us to be able to become like Jesus. 
And when we think about becoming like Jesus, sometimes we think it's just about our character. But I think it's more than that. It's also about how we live out our lives. Your prayer is so important in the pursuit of the person of the Holy Spirit. If it's true for Jesus, how much more is it true of us? You know, what would it look like in our lives for the Holy Spirit to be our closest companion? For daily, our prayer to be, Holy Spirit, I need you. Holy Spirit, would you come? Holy Spirit, what do you want to teach me today? Holy Spirit, how do you want to shape me today? Holy Spirit, would you comfort me in this trial and in this hardship? Holy Spirit, would you heal me? Would you lead me? Would you equip me? And so on. You know, the Holy Spirit is the power and the catalyst for genuine spiritual transformation. God, would you help us be a closer companion of the Holy Spirit? He is the power of God, and he truly is awesome. How could we be more dependent on him? And finally, the final thing I'll just look at today is that the Holy Spirit looks to glorify Christ in all that he does. In John 16, verse 14, he will glorify me, Jesus speaking, because it is from me that he will receive what will be made known to you. Jesus is showing us that the purpose of the Holy Spirit is to glorify him. It's to point people to Jesus, because it's as we look upon Jesus that we are changed into his likeness. Eric Thoens, another uh, theologian, says, humans become like what they adore. The Spirit works to foster adoration of Christ so that people will become like him. There's lots of ways that the Spirit works in our lives to bring glory to Christ. And again, I've just made a wee table just to help us out. Again, if you want to take this home with you and look at it in more detail, um, you can do that. Um, But this is just a quick summary. You know, firstly, the Spirit works by illuminating the Word of God to us. You know, have you ever had those moments in our quiet times when we're reading the Bible and just all of a sudden it starts to make sense? You know, something comes alive in us. Our hearts just begin to burn um, as we read the Word of God. You know, that's the Holy Spirit. Spirit at work, uh, pointing us to Jesus, pointing us to the truth of the gospel. And we see that in the New Testament, don't we, on the road to Emmaus, uh, the story where Jesus uh, turns up with the disciples on the road to Emmaus, and they don't realize who he is, um, but he begins with the prophets and Moses and explains to them how all the scriptures are pointing to, to himself. And then as he disappears, they say to each other, were our hearts not burning within us as as we talked on the road, as he opened the scriptures to us? You know, that is the work of the Holy Spirit as we invite him into our time as we read the word of God together. Secondly, the Spirit empowers the preaching of the gospel. That in Acts 1 verse 8, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea, Samaria and to the ends of the earth. You know, the Spirit wants to empower our preaching of the gospel. And that's not just words, it's also in our actions, it's also in our prayer. It's also as we look to, 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 to see people healed and delivered and set free. It's the Spirit that empowers us to preach the gospel. The Spirit brings regeneration, so new life in Christ. We looked at how no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of the Spirit. So the Spirit brings new life. And then, as we've mentioned, the Spirit looks to sanctify the believer, to bring about transformation in our hearts and lives as we look to to be conformed into the image of Christ, as it speaks about in Romans chapter 8, verse 9. 
And so we see just from those few verses that the role of the Holy Spirit is to ultimately point towards Jesus, the person and the glory of Jesus Christ. Sam Storm says that the Holy Spirit is a Christological floodlight. I thought that was quite an interesting phrase, an interesting way of viewing the Holy Spirit. His job is to illuminate his beauty. You know, that's why he fills us. He fills us so that we can ultimately bring glory to Jesus. The Spirit wants to fill our hearts and lives with adoration because it's in that place, in that place of worship, that we are transformed. I find myself questioning a little bit, what are my motives to be filled with the Spirit? Is it that I want a cool encounter? (laughs) Is it that I want to see miracles? Well, yes. (laughs) Is it that I want to have a powerful ministry? Is it because I want to be able to do the stuff? You know, all of these are probably partly true, but the reality is that if we truly want to be filled with the Spirit of God, our true motivation needs to be that we pray with all sincerity, Lord, I want to be filled with your Spirit in order that I might be used to bring glory to you and to your name. You know, I think that's the kind of prayer that the Holy Spirit is moved by. And I feel the challenge of that. You know, there's, there's an excitement that comes around the manifestations of the Spirit. But we don't pursue the manifestations. We pursue Jesus. And the manifestations come as we pursue maturity in him. So as we finish, I know that's a lot of information. It is an introduction. We've got a, a few more weeks to just take some time and unpack different aspects of the Holy Spirit. And I'm really looking forward to doing that together. Um, but as we finish, you know, the normal Christian life is a life lived like Jesus lived. It's a life of power and of miracle manifestations. But right at the core of that, it's a lifestyle that's fueled by worship and adoration and a deep dependence on the power and person of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit who will always point us to Jesus. You know, we can't expect to see those manifestations and miracles and not have the Holy Spirit do a deep work in our hearts. We can't expect to have these manifestations and not expect the Holy Spirit to deal with issues of our character and sin and transform who we are. He is a good God and he wants the absolute best for us. The Holy Spirit is called the Holy Spirit because his chief work is to bring about holiness in us so that we can host more of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And I want to ask us today, as we begin this series, do you think that the Holy Spirit might want to begin a fresh work in us today? You know, are we up for going deeper in our relationship? Are we up for putting new, uh, for, for pursuing afresh the Holy Spirit in our lives, allowing him access to all areas of our lives and our hearts? You know, do you want to see God's church fully walk in the power and authority that it was created for? And I'm passionately praying that for all of us, the answer is yes to each one of those questions. That as a church, we would corporately go after more of the Holy Spirit as we look to glorify Jesus. And I just want to finish right now just with this scripture from Luke 11. Lots of scripture today. Verse 13. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the gift of the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? And so I just simply want to finish by praying this morning and just asking God for more of the Holy Spirit. To simply pray, come Holy Spirit. So why don't we stand and do that together.
Thanks for listening to the Stirling Vineyard Sunday podcast. If you want to get in touch with us, please visit our website at stirlingvineyard.co.uk or find us on social media at Stirling Vineyard Church. <laughs>